0: Welcome to God's Messenger Lighthouse Podcast. This is your host, Brother Scott Messenger, bringing you Chapter 24 from Part 1 of Secret Believers, What Happens When Muslims Believe in Christ, by Brother Andrew and Al Jansen. Chapter 24, La N-Narcia, Cyprus. The balcony of the hotel room felt like a refuge. The gentle roll of waves off the med- Mediterranean Sea had a soothing effect. Brother Andrew and Boutros gazed off into the clear blue water. In the distance, a freighter steamed its way toward Egypt or some other Middle Eastern destination. Andrew had arrived late the previous evening, and now, as the temperature was rising, the two men sipped coffee and enjoyed the peaceful scene. Boutros felt... The stress of recent days begin to lift a little. <clears throat> Here, there would be no threatening phone calls. No mob of Muslim extremists would attack. He was thankful that his wife and children were safe at her parents' home. Finally, he could relax. Until, that is, he thought of the ruins of his life's work. Everything I've worked for is gone, Bucho said. Well, maybe not everything. The logo Center... On our farm still stands, but we dare not use it right now. He felt compelled to list his losses. The work in Suk-el-Kumis is shut down. Several of our Al-Kalima centers have been attacked or threatened, and two brothers are dead. His tears started to flow again. Boutros couldn't pretend to hide his pain. The words poured out. They bound Hassan hand and foot, and executed him with a shot to his head. And Mustafa, he couldn't speak as the tears spilled down his face. It's okay, Brother Andrew said. You need to talk about it. Whatever you want to say, you are safe here. Brother Andrew, they carved Mustafa up. It was brutal. Over and over, they cut him. They sliced open his stomach. It must have been horrible. He looked up and stared at his mentor. Is this how it ends? Is that what we get for serving the Lord? I don't want to die like that, tied up, naked, tortured. Is that how our lives have to end? Brother Andrew didn't speak. He too felt an ache in his soul. He'd baptized Mustafa and Hassan and heard their testimonies and dreams. Part of him wanted to go and be alone to weep and pray, but as much as he hurt, he knew his friend was in far greater pain. He had lost his co-workers and friends, and his dream was dying. Boutros needed to vent his emotions, and he needed to do it with a friend, with someone safe. He wasn't asking for answers, not just yet. What about Nadira? Andrews asked. How is she handling this? My wife has been so wonderful, strong, supportive, but this has taken a toll on her. She has terrible headaches. She's broken out in a rash. She doesn't want to answer the phone. I wonder if she can ever come back after this. At least she and her our children are safe with her parents right now. Maybe we all need to move there permanently. Just shut down the work down. I'd dissolve the NGO right now if I could. But because of the murder investigation, I can't do that, Andrew. Is this what ministry means? If so, I don't think it's worth it. Andrew just listened, deeply moved. I shouldn't have said that. On the contrary, you need to express how you're feeling. After all, God already knows. The Psalms are full of statements that, taken out of context, many Christians would probably find offensive, even lacking in faith. Well, I think my faith is gone, finished, there's nothing left. On the sand below, their balcony, a group of children squealed with glee as they ran toward the surf. As they started splashing each other, Andrew spoke. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Boutros nodded. Do you remember when God called you to this work? What did he call you to do? I was called to return to my home country. To strengthen the church there i remember it like it was yesterday when you wrote to me i've kept that letter all these years you said one man with god is the majority but brother andrew this one man has failed andrew let the exclamation hang in the air for a moment before gently asking his next question bruchos how has god used you you assume that he has oh there is no question about it. <clears throat> God has definitely used you, but right now, understandably, it's hard for you to see how. You said you want to go want home you say you went home to strengthen the church. Is the church stronger today than ten years ago? Boutros thought about the question for a moment. Well, I suppose we've done some things, some good activities. You've helped, Brother Andrew. I know that. What are some of the good things you've done? We've encouraged pastors. I think almost every priest and pastor in the country has attended at least one refreshment conference. Well, that's something. What else? The NGO, El Kalima, has helped a few adults learn how to read, and each graduate gets a Bible. So, many, so more Christians are now able to read the scriptures and as a result are stronger in their faith. We've also trained lay leaders. Good, keep going. We had so many dreams. I wanted to establish a program at the Logos Center to train Christians for better jobs. I hoped we could have a computer center. We need good computer operators in our country. And Nadira wanted to start a women's center That's a huge need to help battered women, but now I don't think any of those things will happen. Andrew ignored the despair in his friend's voice and instead asked, Boutros, has the church grown since you started the work? No, I don't think so. There are many Christians, those who have the means, who have left the country. The church has probably shrunk. You mean that no Muslims have come to faith in Jesus? Buchos was taken back, realizing he'd neglected a big part of God's work. Yes, they have been there have been many converts. I know of at least one thousand myself, and there are probably many more I don't know about. That's fantastic. They are part of the body of Christ. But most churches still don't welcome them. So the Muslim background believers have started their own fellowships. Whether the established denominations know it or not, these are their new brothers and sisters. This is a growing church. But the extremists are trying to destroy them. When a fellowship is discovered, they attack the leaders. Mustafa and Hassan, they're dead. Amid is running for his life. How can the church survive without its leaders? Can God raise up more leaders? Yes, but I don't know if I can start over. Boutros let out a big sigh. His eyes were no longer wet with tears, and he was trying to think rationally. "'It's too dangerous for my family. I don't know what to do.' let's listen to me.' Andrew leaned forward in his plastic patio chair to make his point. "'If you stay at your post, what is the worst thing that can happen to you?' "'I don't know. I may not be able to do anything.' Is that the worst thing that can happen? Bouchard was angry. No, they could kill me. Then it's really over. Andrew paused for a beat before saying, Really? It's over? The worst thing that could happen is you are killed serving God in your home country? Actually, it would be worse if they killed my wife or children. If that happens, then what? Then what? What do you mean? If you are killed, or your wife, or your children, what happens then? The work dies, does it? Are there no others that God can raise up and use? And what about you and your family? Why have you served God so faithfully? If they do kill you, what have you lost? The light went on. If they kill me, I'll be with the Lord. For the first time in days, Brucho smiled. Dear and I have talked about how long, how he longed some day to hear the words of our Lord. Well done, good and faithful servants. Brother Andrew sat back in his chair. There was no need for him to say more. Boutro's mind was focused in the right direction. There was a long way to go, but the healing had begun. That evening, as the sun began to set, Boutro sat for a long time on a park bench and stared at the sea. The children were gone, probably exhausted from a day of play in sun and sand, but some older men had swum into the surf and were bobbing up and down in the water as they talked. Mesmerized by the scene, it was easy to let his mind linger in a neutral. Finally, he rose and headed east along the palm tree-lined promenade. He passed by a marina and a bust of the Greek general Kimon, who had driven out the Persians from this area 450 years before the birth of Christ. He continued along the beach toward the old Larnesia fort, built by the Turks in 1625. Across the street from the fort, he could make out the 16th century mosque, which reminded him that he needed to... process the many thoughts running through his mind. Brother Andrew had reminded him of another time riding on a train through the lush farmland of England with God speaking to his heart and mind. That, That ride, the encounter with a Muslim evangelist, and the letter from Brother Andrew had shoved him into an adventure, a work he hadn't planned for but Had found rewarding and, he had to admit, productive. But what now? Was this work finished? Was it time to move on to another country and a new assignment? Maybe he should fly to London and renew the contacts he'd made during university days. Surely he could find work in one of the mission agencies there. Or he could pursue a doctorate degree something he'd thought about doing for some time. Lord, What would you have me to do? His mind went to the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. Brother Andrew had reminded him, God said to go. He didn't promise that you would come back. Okay, he was coming to grips with the possibility that this assignment might cost him his life, so he would not leave his post until or unless God released him from that assignment still how would he know when the work was over if ever circumstances d- demonstrated that a work was finished was it this wasn't this it what was he going back to in this world you will have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world again the holy spirit was speaking to him this time reminding him of the words of jesus on the night before he was crucified And here was the problem. He was concentrating on the first half of the promise. You will have trouble. There was no question about that. However, the second half of the promise needed more of his focus. Did he really believe that Jesus had overcome the world? Did he believe that Jesus was greater than the spirit of Islam and Muslim extremism? Did he believe that Jesus could resurrect his work that the devil had tried to destroy? did he really believe that the church was worth fighting for worth strengthening that a strong church was the hope for his nation did he really believe that those muslims who had risked their lives to declare their love for jesus were part of the body of christ and that jesus loved them and would protect them jesus had said not to be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul are not two sparrows sold for a penny yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. Yes, God surely cared for Mustafa and Hassan. He knew what had happened to them. God knew who had murdered these dear brothers, and eventually they would be held to account for their deeds. God also knew Amid, and where he was also martyred or lived many years, This precious brother belonged to God. Likewise, God knew Boutros and the number of his days. He remained God's servant, waiting for the next assignment. The remembrance of Scripture and the application of God's promises were like ointment to his aching soul. He knew now that he had to go back. But what was his mission? Had it changed in any way? Feed my sheep. That was his call to feed the pastors who labored faithfully in a country hostile to Christianity, to feed the many who were coming to believe in King Jesus, forming kingdom outposts in villages and towns where Islam had once known no competition, and perhaps most important, to identify and feed the leaders of those little flocks. But Lord, what about Nadira? What about my two children? Boutros was surprised to hear the sound of his own voice. Expressing his prayer this way jarred him back to the biggest struggle he faced. It was one thing for him to go into hostile territory and possibly give his life and service for his Lord Jesus, but did that mean he should endanger the lives of his family as well? A good question. He waited for the spirit to speak, but this time he heard no reply The next day, the two friends walked through the streets past the ancient bazaar to the Church of St. Lazarus, where supposedly the remains of the man Jesus, raised from the dead, were housed until 901 AD when they were moved to Constantinople. According to local legend, Lazarus had come here after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and had become bishop of the church in Cyprus until his second death. As they gazed at the building, more than 1,100 years old, with the Latinate belfry added during a 17th century renovation, Boutros told his mentor that he just received word that Hamid would leave the country within 48 hours. He would fly to Larnacia and meet with Boutros. Would you meet with us, Brother Andrew? Of course, I'd love to, but how is he able to leave the country, and what about coming through immigration here? Kareem is providing him with a special document. I don't know the exact details, but it is guaranteed to let him into Cyprus. However, he can't stay here for long maybe 60 days at the most, so we need a long-term solution. What about Salima? The government won't let her leave the country until the investigation is completed. How long will that take? The police believe Salima will lead them to Ahmed, but she really doesn't know where he is. After a few weeks, they will relax their control over Salima, and Karim thinks he can find a way for her to leave the country as well where or when they're out, then what? I want wanted to ask you that question. Is there any place you know that would take him, Holland, or some other European country, or even in North America? It's possible, Andrew hesitated. There are a number of groups that handle such situations. I can check with some friends. Would they be asking for refugee status? I don't know, if that's best, probably not, they'd have to seek asylum, and if it becomes known that Amid is being investigated for murder, exactly, they'd expel him. The two men went into the ancient church and silently observed the the, the athletic mix of Byzantine, Romanesque, and Gothic styles, three small domes were supported by four pillars. From one pillar, a 300-year-old pulpit hung. On another was a famous icon of Lazarus emerging from his tomb. As they left the building, Andrew said, I wonder if moving to the west is best for Amid. Why do you say that? He's Arab. He doesn't speak English. He's smart. He learns fast. As the two strolled along through the old streets of the Turkish quarter, Andrew said to Bruchos, Actually, my concern is deeper. I want to ask you to think about something that's very challenging. Jesus said, Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Bruchos completed the verse, But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Duty before self preservation. That is a very important principle in scripture. Do you remember when David confronted Goliath? He said that when a lion or bear attacked his father's sheep, he went after it and killed it and rescued the sheep. Now, to our thinking, we can't imagine a father allowing his son to be put in such danger, but that wasn't Jesse's attitude nor David's duty before self-preservation. Both father and son expected that David would do his duty to serve the sheep. The Heavenly Father had the same attitude toward Jesus. Butchers thought about Andrew's words. He'd mentioned how he had taught Amid, Mustafa, and Hassan from Philippians, too, to have the same attitude as that of Christ. He humbled himself and became obedient to death. It is natural that we want to rescue those who are suffering for Christ, Andrew continued, but I wonder... Is that what God calls us to do? I couldn't rescue Mustafa and Hassan, but I can help Amid. He can't force Amid to stay and face certain death. Uh, Andrew walked several strides uh, before answering, You are right. That is not for us to decide. We need to ask Amid what he feels called to do. Butcher, Changed the subject. Last night I was thinking about the Muslim believers. We don't have many strong leaders and we have lost three of them. I think we need to identify a dozen or more men for the MBBs around the country, maybe as many as 20, and call them to be shepherds and train them in the Bible. I'd like to teach them one week out of each month, perhaps at the Logos Training Center if it's safe or else, at various locations around the country. I wondered what you thought of this. Boutros, that is a good vision. Andrew stopped and grabbed his friend by the shoulders. I see God is healing you. You are going back. Yes, Brother Andrew, I have no choice. I must go back. The room in the hotel had a spectacular view of the beach and the Mediterranean Sea, but Hamid had no interest in the view. He paced the room, wanting to know what had happened to his life, and when he could see Salima, Boutros tried to calm the agitated man. Amid, we need to be patient, we're working on a solution. It's easy for you to be patient. It's not your life that's being uprooted. Boutros couldn't help but smile, thinking about the struggle he'd had the past few weeks and especially the lonely battle with God about his own future. But this was one of the Lord's sheep, and he was scared. Have you talked to your wife? he asked. Not since you deserted me and left the country. I don't dare call her on my cell phone. You can call her on my cell phone, but don't. Don't tell her where I am. I know she's frantic with worry, intimidated by the police, unable to stay in her own apartment, and she can't see me, doesn't even know where I am. I'm sorry, Amid. I really am, but my contact said it had to be this way. Who is this contact? A friend of yours, very high in the government. I don't have any friends in government, none that you know personally, but you have a brother in Christ who is helping you. And I can never tell you who he is. Hamid wasn't happy with that, but as he continued to pace, he asked, So what's next? I mean, this hotel room is nice, but it's not home. Is it really not possible for me to go home? I'm afraid not, at least not for a long time. We're now convinced that the Muslim Brotherhood wanted to kill all three of you, and some of the local police are supportive. They'll kill you or allow you to be killed. Brother Andrew outlined one option for a mid while Boutros translated. There is a group in Canada that has identified a businessman who will sponsor you. He will provide you with an apartment and a job. He said, if you're interested, once you learn English, you can continue your college education and maybe go to Bible school or seminary. Amid listened carefully, then announced, I'm not moving to Canada. I'm not going to Europe or North America or anywhere else in the world. He stopped pacing and looked at the two men. Brother Andrew, I really appreciate, do appreciate, all that you have done for me. You have encouraged me. I remember how Mustafa was so excited when you talked with us after we got out of prison. Do you remember how he said he wanted to go... On the Hajjai and witness for Jesus, Andrew smiled and said, He was enthusiastic. Do you think he would really have done it? He talked about it all the time. He was making plans. That was his dream. And Brother Andrew, that dream of his will be fulfilled. He stared into Andrew's eyes. I don't know how many years it will take to make it happen, but I'm going in his place. Boutros and Andrew were stunned. Is that really practical? said Boutros. Hamid stared at his mentor. No, it's not practical. But Brother Andrew said to us, tell me where you cannot go as a Christian, and I will tell you how you can get in. You remember saying that? Andrew laughed. Of course, I've challenged many people with that statement, but you remember the other half of what I say? Yes, I may not be able to tell you how to get out. God told us to go. He didn't promise that we would come back. Boutros could barely control his emotions as he said, My brother, you challenge me, for those are the very ideas God gave me, convincing me I must not give up and that I must continue my work. So you understand what I feel? Look, I know you want to help me, And it makes sense for me to go some place that's safe. And I'm sure God can use me in Canada or Europe or wherever. He stopped, walked to the big picture window, stared out for a moment, for a few moments, and continued. But I'm Arab. I speak Arabic. I'm a Muslim who loves Jesus. He turned around and faced his two friends. These are my people. I want to reach Muslims for Jesus. I need to stay in the Middle East. Andrew and Bruchers looked at each other to be sure they were in agreement. Then Bruchers spoke, Clearly, this is where you belong. I don't know how we'll do this, but we will find a way for you to live and work in the Middle East. Next time, chapter 25, Six Months Labor.